Everybody, I am Sean Graham. Scott alongside. As always, hello, Scott. Sean, hello. I'm here. Everything is good. It's been a while since we spoke, but yeah. uh, how, are, how are you doing? Doing okay. It's uh, pretty smoky here in uh, not only the nation's capital, but a lot of uh, Ontario and Quebec. Yeah, yeah, big wildfires burning all over the country. Of course, hoping uh, everybody out there is being safe and uh, wishing everyone the the best. Uh, it's always devastating to hear these reports of all the all the destruction that these fires are causing. It's uh, yeah. pretty dry out there, so uh, yeah, we got to be we got to be careful. Yeah, I wasn't paying too close attention. I have to say, I knew there was a a, a fire near us. And this morning, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, I woke up to the very distinct smell of smoke. In yeah. My house. Like I, I was, I was surprised. Yeah. And I, yesterday I, I sort of had been alerted to the fact it was going to get bad. Uh, and then, yeah, today, like you say, uh, not great. I, I wore a mask walking outside today, Sean. Yeah. That was my solution. Uh, and I think it worked. I think it worked for the most part, but, uh, we're hunkered down here in the house, uh, due to some COVID, which is still around. So, uh, if you're out there and you're sick, stay home. Yeah. So you got a couple of reasons there to wear masks, uh, there, Mm -hmm. Scotty, uh, over there. And, uh, yeah, hopefully everyone is being safe out there. Certainly we've seen what was going on and is going on out in Nova Scotia here in central Canada, of course out west as well uh, some scary stuff out there so hope everyone is doing well and then keeping safe uh, as best you can and uh, we'll try to provide a little light entertainment talking about some curling here in the summertime scott summer season one of my favorite times for our shows a little peek behind the curtain we have not recorded in over a month we did not record in may all of the May episodes that we released were recorded in April. That's right. And uh, that was mostly because of our schedules uh, here, there, and everywhere in May, in May, Scott. Yeah, yeah. We were both super busy uh, with work stuff. And uh, as much as we love getting together and recording, we are getting paid to do other things. So uh, <laughs> they tend to take uh, take precedence. But yeah, we've got a good one today. Uh, we've got some ideas back in the hopper for the summer episodes. So yep. yeah, looking forward to them. They're, like you said, they're always fun, uh, fun to research and then talk about. And yeah, they're they're good shows. Yeah. So this is one that you've done the research on. You've delved into the numbers. And the idea for this came from Albert Anderson, who tweeted at us back in April after our last recording session. But Albert wrote in and asked about playoff formats. So the specific request was, uh, I'm hoping you can really nerd out on Bondsville slash playoff format options. And Albert, just you wait, my friend, just you wait. So the question is, what do the different formats do? Why would organizers choose one or another? And in a sport like curling, Albert says that uh, the preference is that the top seed gets an extra life, essentially the page type of a system and not as much liking the WCF format in comparison, the uh, preference for the page over the WCF format saying, why would WCF make that choice? What benefits or preferences does it imply? And Scott, you've gone and looked at some of the numbers of the different playoff formats to discern whether or not there is a distinct advantage or where the distinct advantages might be. And we'll go through those. And then I'll talk about it from maybe a fan perspective, because I've come up with nine formats that have been used or are currently used across the sport at the highest levels. And we'll discuss it from a purely fan perspective, but let's start with the numbers, Scott. So what formats did you look into? 
So I looked into uh, three different formats. So I looked into men's and women's world championships, as well as uh, Canadian men's and women's championships during the playoff era. Now, uh, I'll say that I only went back on the Briar to 1980 because, or to the Scotties in ni- to 1980, because before that, the Briar was just a, a round robin winner. Uh, and the, the women's event before 1980 was, uh, they did have playoffs, but I said, well, I already did the research to 1980. So I'm not <laughs> going to, uh, I'm not going to go back further for the men. Okay. So we got a 43 year sample size. Has it been the same playoff format the whole time? No. So, okay. So obviously uh, the bubble, right? We should, well, so what I, I yeah. can say, right. So the bubble was different. The bubble was three teams, semifinal first place straight through. And then they've added the Friday fun fest format uh, this year, which is changing slightly. So three teams from each pool, six teams total to get eliminated into a page. They're going to keep that moving forward just slightly different on the Friday. And then before that, the traditional page. So is that what we have? So we've had the traditional page, the uh, Friday fun fest, like you said, Uh, we've also had three team playoffs uh quite a few actually oh so not Uh, just the bubble not just in the bubble there was the one year in the bubble that it was three team but also uh before that also for the worlds for men's worlds they sort of alternated between three team and four team and i think it was just because there was two teams tied for third so they made it they put (laughs) them in the semifinal just have a semifinal so yeah going backwards then uh we've had the the page playoff system in Canada, that's been around since 1995 or 19, yeah, 1995 for both. Uh, and before that, we had three team playoffs uh, in both the Briar and the Scotties before okay. the page was introduced. Uh, one year with the four team semis in the Scotties, and I think yeah, the third place team was tied, so they just said, "Hey, let's go." In the Worlds, we've had the four team page, the six team page, uh, where uh, the top two teams get a bye. Uh, we've also had the straight four teams in a semifinal, one versus four, two versus three. Uh, and that's the most common system that we've had uh, going back through the world championship system. Okay. Uh, then, of course, you've got the straight up round robin, uh, which happened for uh, the first four years of the men's worlds, 59 to 63. Uh, so I did go back and count those, but there's only four of them, five of them. So it's not a good sample size and Canada won them all. So a hundred percent of the teams that finished first won <laughs> the round Robin. That's a real groundbreaking research there. You could... it, it really is, Sean, you know, uh, you it really is. That sink on that one. Uh, I think I can build, job. I think I can build my resume based on that. But uh, I can tell you that based on my research, yeah. Overall, from all of the world championships, all of the Scotties, all of the Briars that have been played uh, in the playoff era, that 74.1% of the time, the winner has been from either the first or second place in the final standings. Okay. 74.1% of the time, independent of format. Independent of format. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm really trusting that my calculations are correct. And if I find errors or if anybody finds some errors, they can, they can correct me. Okay. Um, so then the next playoff system, Sean, that I looked at, like, well, I said that the round Robin a hundred percent of the time, that's a little tongue, tongue in cheek there. So then the three team format. So this would be semi second and third in a semifinal winner plays first place. That's right. Okay. So in that instance, only 57.14% of the time does the team that got the buy into the directly into the final win the event. Okay. So, so that's it, a little lower than you might expect. It's pretty right? much a, a crapshoot then. It's, it's not that much better than a 50-50 chance. It's kind of one game, like two, two teams that at that point you would think are relatively equal. Then, yeah, yeah you would expect there to be a, a 
pretty big balance or, or a decent balance between that because it, it, you know it's one thing to have the difference between first and sixth place play each other but first and third first and second and most fields are going to be pretty equal pretty equal yeah yeah so you could account so for then, that percentage of one the, the team in first is going to be a little better obviously over the course of a week uh, so a little better whether it's just ice the way they're playing that week whatever it is or they're just better overall and then you have to account probably a little bit for the fact that in most of those occasions or i assume in most that the team that's going through the semifinals playing back to back or two and yeah. one where the other team's coming in fresh the never-ending debate about what uh, what you want uh so that would indicate that the buy is maybe a little bit better yeah yeah it's rust or rest right yeah so then if we go to the four team straight semi okay i got 70.3 percent of the time a team in first or second is going to win that event so each of those teams you'd figure would have an advantage in their semifinal games. Yeah. And so the chances that they meet in the final are higher. And so that makes sense that that's a higher percentage are going to win if they're in first or second. Right. But there is no actual advantage. I guess they get last rock in the first end, which does provide a statistical advantage yes. to them. But other than that, there's no, no major advantages to finishing first or second. No, so that one to me seems like the m- most most crapshootish. Given, like you say, that the advantages of getting hammer are pretty min- minimal, and then the odds that they are both in the game, you know, are better than fifty fifty. That they both get to the final, so then one of them is going to win. Right, and it, and it allows for the possibility of an upset too in one of the semifinal games, but the higher seed winning the final as well exactly yeah so yeah so the majority uh, obviously as this the number shows the majority of times your top teams are going to win yeah so then the interesting one uh coming back is the page playoff and what i did here is finishing first or second gets you a, a free life right yes but in my uh, in my opinion or in what i was thinking of was that Losing that first game, it doesn't, like, if you come back through and win, yeah, it's a little more impressive, but that shouldn't count as, like, getting an advantage from that 1-2 game. Why, but it did. You lost. It, that's it the did. Advan- that's but, the advantage that you just but, got. But the real advantage is if you win that game. So if you win that page playoff game, whether yeah. you're the first or second seed, that's that's the advantage i wanted to track like how much of an advantage is it okay and i found that uh, the winner of the one two game in the page uh, playoffs wins the event uh, 65.4 percent of the time wow that's huge which is pretty huge right and you can think of like the threes or fours that have come through and won and it's not very often no, well Simmons. So yeah, Simmons. Simmons um, I'm trying to think of others off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have this. I, I want to say Gushu one year. I, I one of his four. I could be wrong on that. Certainly. Um, yeah, in twenty twenty two or twenty 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 twenty. So guys, yeah, that was a year with a big tiebreak uh, group there. Uh, that one there in in, uh, in Kingston, uh, there was sort of this jumble of people together, right? Epping uh, was in a tie break. Uh, yeah, and Brad Jacobs. Really, yeah, that was a finished fourth. A really yeah, weird year. And so, yeah, most of them are recent. Like my highlight here is like if you won the page and the uh, and the championship. Yeah, I have a no for when. Nova Scotia beat Furby. Yeah, Mark Daisy, yeah. Because he he actually won the round robin, but lost the one-two game. Okay. And he's still coming out of that game. So there is an advantage gained. Yeah. I have Quebec beating Ontario in 2006. And again, that was the, they were both in the one-two game. Okay. 
uh, in 2007, uh, I had Ontario finishing first in the round robin, but losing to Newfoundland, uh, and then winning the event. So again, from the one, two, yeah. Um, here is Alberta winning from the three spot in 2010. Okay. Kevin Martin. No, sorry, not Kevin uh, Martin. That would have been oh, that Kevin, was Kevin Cooey. Cooey. Kevin Cooey's first one, yeah. Uh, 2013, Brad Jacobs from the four. Yeah, those guys, they just got hot at the end of the week, and then they, they stayed hot yeah. all the way until the next February. Like I don't think they... It felt like they didn't lose a game from like Thursday at the Briar through to the end of the Olympics. Yeah. They, they just, uh, they just got hot. Yeah. And, uh, so then we've got two after that, where, uh, team Canada, Pat Simmons, as you mentioned, came from the four spot. Yeah. Uh, the next year, Alberta, I believe that was Cooey also came from the three. Okay. And then, yeah, the 2020 Briar, and then we had the 2021 Briar where Alberta uh, came and won over Wildcard 2, 2021 in the, in the bubble. In the bubble. But so, yeah, it's not a page. It's not a page. That was a, a three. And then three, in the yeah. six-team pager, there, the six-team modified page, there wasn't enough data for me to really collect. Sure. sure. But again, so if you look at those numbers, though, Scott, that, we just, that you just went through. So if you win the page, you're looking at a 65% clip of of winning the event by winning the one, two game. There are a few examples that we just went through of say Mark Dacey of, um, John Michelle Menard, John Michelle Menard. Uh, they, they're coming through the one, two game as well. So if you were just to sort of take who came through the one, two game to win, take a few of those examples that we just talked about, we're looking over 70% at that point. So really important to get into that one, two game then. Yeah, really, really important uh, to get into that one-two game. And let me do a quick run through and see if I can count up, like uh, including pages, if you're finishing in the one-two, how good it is. Because by winning that game, yes, you're giving yourself a great chance. Mm-hmm. But by being in the game, uh, even then, yeah, it, it's a big advantage. And, and, you know, I wonder how much of that is associated with a mental thing that's yeah, you, you're in the one-two game. Obviously, you want to win it. It's a huge advantage to you if you can win it. But it's not maybe. I don't know. I've never obviously played in that game. But I wonder if it just means it's slightly less of a pressure-filled environment. The 3-4 is an elimination game that you probably scrambled into as well, right? The last draw or two, very stressful to get into, especially for the fourth place team, usually uh, a lot of times uh, to Vic's great pain, there is going to be a tiebreaker or has been a tiebreaker, even though no more going forward. That puts you in a bit of a compromised position going into that 3-4 game. There's just maybe a lot of factors accumulated over the week. And then the reality, too, as you said earlier, if you're in that game, it means that for the week leading up to it, you haven't been as good as the teams that are ahead of you. So whether they have a better read on the ice, they're playing better, they have just a, a better feel for how things are going, or or they're better than you, which if you look at the Briars from 2008-9, where it was Howard Martin and really felt going into the week that everyone else was playing for third place. There's just that, that reality that sometimes the field is stacked in that way. So those are things that obviously we have to look at, but it is kind of statistically interesting to, to get a sense of like, I'm really floored by that 65% number, Scott. Yeah. That's uh, it was pretty like improbable to me too. I'll, uh, I'll get it to you by the end of the episode, but we should continue along with some discussions of the other systems because these aren't the only ones, right, for, that we're seeing for playoffs? No. So there are other systems. Now, we don't necessarily have numbers for these, so I wanted to talk about these from a fan perspective because obviously from a player perspective, you can look at these and say, well, or from an organizational standpoint, like if you're curling Canada, this is something that I think we forget every year in – February and March, when people talk about the format and who's there and all this, like 
there's there's one thing to have teams there and i want the i like the format where there are teams who are there who who can't win i like it i think it's fun it's different from everything else i like the provincial representation i like the uniforms i like all that all that said curling canada isn't really in the business of wanting upsets right they don't want nunavut to come through and win uh, not that at this point in curling history, there's a team playing out of Nunavut that would be talented enough to do that as yet. But when you look at down the line, the teams that are, say, six to 10 in the rankings in the field, does Curling Canada really want them to win because of all the funding and Olympics consequences of? world championships so if you're curling canada and you look at this and say well my top team will win 57 percent of the time in a three-team format 65 percent coming out of that one two game in a page maybe we're looking at the page as being a better option and this modified page where you can finish third in your pool but then be in the one two game maybe that's not the best if you want to ensure that the top team is going through, right? So these yeah. are things that at the organizational level you could look at, like statistically, whereas Curling Canada continues to move forward. And as we said, they're going to use a different format this year. But from a fan perspective, I've identified nine playoff formats that are either in use or have been in use. Obviously, we talked about a few of them. So the three-team semifinal final format that's what has usually been used at the Olympic trials for Canada. Yeah. I kind of like it. Uh, certainly at the Olympic trials, this gives you semifinal Saturday, final Sunday, um, one men's, one's women's games. I, I really like that for a TV perspective, from a fan perspective, everything builds. And, you know, as long as you don't have too many teams in the field, I kind of like the three team semi-final into the final format quick Mm -hmm. done pack your bags go home yeah and and from the perspective of the numbers what we saw the number one team is going to win more than half of the time Mm -hmm. which is sort of what you want and also for curling canada you want the best teams during the week to be there and yeah there's a better chance of that if fewer teams are in the playoff field so Yeah. yeah if you're looking to get the best champion fewer teams in the field is the way to go now the ultimate way to get the best team in the week to be your winner is to just go with the round robin winner yes <laughs> is yes. the champion that's the way to do it that's the way it's been done in the past and as you did say 100 percent of the time if you finish first uh you win the event in that format not great from a fan perspective though or a mm. tv perspective like having that it's i know it's more of a north american thing than european thing right a lot of european Have football right, right i understand it's just top of the table you win the league yeah. and i get that but from a tv perspective from a fan perspective you like those big moments and big moments tend to happen in the playoffs again at least from our north american sporting viewpoint sure and and as much as you want the best team to win you also don't want there to be no drama at the end of the week so like we saw this year Sylvana Terenzoni's team was the best team by far. Yeah. Should they have just awarded her the trophy? Maybe. But then you also wouldn't have the playoff games, uh, yeah. any sense of drama building uh, at all. So it's a, it's a bit anticlimactic and also really terrible for TV. Yeah, really bad for TV. But I don't know if that's the best example to you, Scott, because I feel like the playoffs are pretty anticlimactic. Too. <laughs> well, they uh, didn't have to be. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> uh, so then the other one is the page, the four-team page. I, I I guess I like this one only because I grew up with it. <laughs> you know, We grew up in the 90s. That's what we're used to. And I do like the idea, as Albert said, that you get this mulligan of sorts and those top two teams can play i think the downside of it is when the team that lo- as we saw this year in the briar when the team that loses the one two comes back through and w- then wins the semifinal, it's like well we just saw this game last night yeah. and it 
the repeat of that matchup isn't always as fun. And it feels like over the course of the weekend, it because there's that extra game, you're just seeing the same people a lot. Yeah, you, you essentially get to the same results as you would with a three-team playoff, but in one more game. Yeah. Or two, two more games. Yeah. Uh, I did finish those numbers, Sean, and we yeah. had... So a total of 85.9% of the time wow. in the page, the winner comes from the one, two game. Yeah. So, so you can see you, why currently getting, Canada likes it then too, right? Yeah. You're getting the best teams winning the majority yeah. of the time while also having the opportunity for a team that maybe slipped during the week to come back and win it. A la Pat Simmons, a la Brad Gushu, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, and if so, the examples yeah, that, you're using out of the third place slot are Gushu, Simmons, um, Cooey. You're not doing too bad there either, right? Yeah, exactly. You're, you're yeah. definitely not doing too bad. And it sort of reduces the noise that can come with a straight up four team uh, yeah. playoff, which I assume is the next one we're going to talk about. Yeah, so the next one is the four team straight semifinal into a final. I think one of the things i don't like about this is that it doesn't necessarily reward or feel like it rewards finishing first or second whereas in the page in the three team there's the very tangible reward for finishing first or first or second in the page and this one it just doesn't have that same feel right so whether it's a buy or whether it's a, a a a chance to come back after a loss. This one, I mean, the numbers back up that it's it's good to be first or second, but just from a pure feel perspective for a fan, you just don't get that same sense of an advantage. While at the same time, there's this, it, it, I find it the timing of it always strange of who plays in the afternoon, who plays in the night. Whereas yeah. in the the page, at least there's this natural flow to it from three, four, one, two to semi, right? Which is semi, semi, the sequencing of it for whatever reason always feels strange to me. Yeah. And, and yeah. How do you pick which team does it? When do you play the games both at the same time? Yeah. Uh, do you let the teams pick stones from across the ice like the rest of the playoffs or right. uh, I don't think that's the case right now. I think it's only for the gold medal game that you get to pick from across all the sheets. There's more room for noise there. Uh, if you talk to the players who have played in the Olympics, they'll always tell you that the semifinal is the most nervous game yeah. uh, because that's the one that'll decide if you get a medal or you still have to work for it. So uh, a lot of pressure on that semifinal game. And because of that, it's it's not my favorite. Like you can have a team that's rolling all week runs the field 10 and 0, 11 and 0. And then, you know, they get into a really tight game with a good team happen to come up just that hair short and boom, all of a sudden they're playing for a bronze medal when we know that they were the best team all week. So right. uh, I prefer the page in that way to give you the chance to have a hiccup because maybe another team had their hiccup week one or, or day sure. one, like we saw with Scotland at the men's worlds this year and pull like pulled away at the end. And then Nicholas Adin was like, oh, my bad, my bad games were all at the end and now I'm yeah. out. So yeah. I, I prefer the page to the straight semifinal. Yeah. And, and I will say too, though, that is for like a fan or a TV watcher at the elite level. If you're at a local spiel, even a, like a cash spiel, if it's somewhat competitive, I would hate that. Like, yes, I, yes. I give me just semifinal, final, please. Even if I finish first, I don't want to sit around for a draw. Um, but let's just play. Let's let's keep it moving. Don't hold up the line. Like, let's keep keep yeah. going. So, from a a local bond spiel perspective, the page or the three team first place through, like, no, thank you. Uh, let's just keep it rolling, right? Because you want yeah. people in the building. I don't. I, I not that I've played a lot of single sheet games in my life, but whenever I have, I hate them. So I, I, you know, let's just get other people out there. Let's play. Let's have a good time. Play right? the energy the time. out there. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, from that perspective, from a local spiel perspective, uh, I would prefer the, the four team just semifinal into the final. 
Now, another format, Scott, that we have not talked about and is relatively new in the world championship is the six to four to two. So top two teams get a bye. The sixth place team plays the third place team. Fifth place team plays the fourth place team in the not so quarterfinals and then into semifinals. So it gets us to the same point as the four team playoff in that semi into a final. But the first and second place teams do get a bye into those games while the other four teams have to play. This one, I like it with the expanded field. If we're going to go 13 or 14 teams in the world championship, fine. I'm, I'm okay with it. If we go back to a world where it's 10 teams, no thank you. But given the expanded field, I, I think I'm okay with it. From a fan perspective, because they play the those qualifying games at the same time, it doesn't feel quite as long. So it's only three right. draws, I guess four if you count the bronze medal game, but who really counts the bronze medal game? So, you know, of the possibilities, I don't think I would like 14-team field or 13-team field uh, to a semi, to, to only four teams in the playoffs, to a semi and a final. So as a compromise, I think I like this with a preference for maybe something different, but I don't know what. So, Sean, I, there's not enough data to draw statistically significant conclusions, but uh, in the five years that we've had this on the yeah. men's side and the women's side at the Worlds, one time has a team who didn't finish in those top two spots win. Wow. So you got to buy, you're basically uh, guaranteed a chance to win. Uh, and that only time was when Sylvana Tiranzoni in 2019, 2019 yeah. came from fourth uh, wow. to, to win. So every other time the winner has been first or second and okay. gotten one of those two buys. So we'll watch that going forward at Worlds. If yeah. you know, if your team is not getting the buy, eh, it's going to be harder, which makes sense because it's a longer road. You got to win yeah. more games. That's just tougher. Game, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then the other format, Scott, is the modified page that uh, Curling Canada is using, and this year it's going to be a little different, where. They're not going to do the elimination games first. It's going to be the seeding games first, mm-hmm. then going into an elimination game, uh, which I think I like a little bit better. But we can only assess what we've seen in action so far. I don't think I like that modified page. I like that six teams make the playoffs, that three top three teams from each pool make it. But that Friday Fun Fest, you go from elimination game to seeding games. The Friday night just feels like uh, I don't need to watch, especially since you're going into a page and you're going to see those four teams so much Again, over the yeah. course of the weekend. So I was not the biggest fan of that version of it. Yeah, I, I think this new version is going to be a little bit better where we have seeding games first, then we'll go into elimination games. I, I kind of like that. Yeah, I think that's definitely the way to go. Um, you know, you, jo- you joke calling it a Friday fun fest. But I definitely make plans that Friday night to do stuff because <laughs> yeah. what do I need to watch this for? It doesn't really matter. Yeah, uh, I'm going to watch those teams the, the next time, right? And when we talk about Team Kerry Anderson coming in winning the Scotties this year, technically they did it from the number three position. Yeah, or if that was two years ago, maybe. No, they lost the Friday Fun Fest this year. Yeah, I think this year. Yeah, uh, I, I could look it up, but uh, yeah, it like do we really think that they were the number three seed coming out? Like, right. Not really. They were tops in the championship pool. They lost one game and then they're, they got to play anyway. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think don't... it's bad from a TV perspective too, or it was bad from a TV spec perspective that the elimination game is Friday during the day. Yeah. And then Friday night, it's something that doesn't feel like it matters all that much. So you're not only potentially overexposing these teams who you will have seen over the course of the week, and then you're going to see them all through the weekend, but you're also doing so in a sequencing way that the more important game from a fan perspective is at a time when people are on average busier than not. So 
that's yeah. a bit of a problem. And yeah, I, I'm like you. I don't think I I was not home for either of the Friday home fun fests. No, this year. And and there's a reason that uh, you know TV programs things in the evenings, and yeah. and not during the afternoon on a weekday. So yeah, yeah that, we'll see this new format. It should be better. Um, but we'll see. I would still prefer a, a situation where all the top teams play all the other top teams without getting eliminated. Yeah. Uh, what we had in uh, 20, 2020, 21, 2020, 21, when we, when we had the full championship pool. Yeah. I, I like the championship pool. I really thought that format was great. Uh, I, I think I liked it more in the bubble than I did pre bubble too, going just to the three team playoff. I, I think that's better than the page. I think for a TV perspective, it was better than the page. And it also allows everybody to participate, but kind of like golf where you have a cut and yeah. you, you see how that goes. Now, you know, you have a cut in golf sometime, who knows, uh, unless the commissioner of a certain organization completely loses his spine and uh, capitulates <laughs> and just forgets all the moral grandstanding he did over the last year but that would never happen so uh i, I do like the idea of the cut so that was kind of nice uh in the curling context that everyone could be there and it kind of builds the tension over the week absolutely everybody's there everybody plays everybody good no yeah you said it right sean uh then scott we should talk too about now what is going to be curling canada's new playoff format uh some countries do this or a version of this. So what Curling Canada is going to do moving forward is a three-team playoff, a semifinal. But we've talked about this on the show before. They're now going to do a best two out of three final, which I think from a fan and a television perspective is awful. From a Bad. Curling Canada perspective, okay, maybe. But if you're a fan, and, and especially the Olympic trials, th- that's the biggest travel event. People come in from across the country for the Olympic trials and it does really well on TSN too. Mm -hmm. If you don't know when that game is going to be, or if that game is going to take place, I don't think that is a good thing for curling. You can make the case in the other sports where there's series and it's if necessary, whatever that's never been what curling, at least in Canada is. I don't like this from a fan perspective at all. No. And, like you said, it's the goal is if the goal is getting the best team, then in theory, this should work. Uh, but you're right. If you don't know who is go- like when the actual deciding game will be, and it could end up on a Sunday afternoon against NFL football, then yeah. I mean, what are, what are we doing? Right? Like it makes sense on paper, right? But I don't know. If you're, you're right. If you're somebody that's traveling to a place for an event and your big plan is to watch that final on Sunday night, but then all of a sudden that game's not happening because it was already yeah. decided. Both of them were already decided on Sunday morning and morning. afternoon. Yeah. You're kind of like, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cause we could be looking at a scenario that it's, it's Sunday at noon and that's it. And the event's that's over. It. Yeah. Which, yeah, and that's not good. And then what, right? So, yeah. yeah, you take a bit of the noise out, but uh, you're already going to do a good job picking one of the best teams with a, a three-team playoff. Uh, like I mentioned, the number one seed wins 57% of the time. And uh, so by definition, the other part of the time, it's going to be the two or the three. So everybody did well. I don't know. I don't know about that one. Yeah, and, and just, again, you, you hate to say, well, this one singular example, but I'm going to do that. Uh, Tracy Fleury against Jennifer Jones, if that's the first of a three-game series, one, they probably don't make the mistakes they did. Let's yeah. be honest about that. But it's way less exciting if the game is the exact same. Yeah, because it's just the first game. They yeah. probably, I, no, it was close, but like maybe you even get somebody shaking in a game where, yeah. you know, they're down f- four with two ends to play and they don't have hammer. And then that's not good for TV. They're going to make them play regardless, but they might want to rest to get focused on the next game of the series. Right. So yeah. yeah uh, don't know if I like it. 
Yeah. We'll Actually, no, I, it. I do know that I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll have to see it in action. And again, other countries have done versions of this, but in Canada, it's the, the Olympic trials is kind of the pinnacle of it. Yeah. And uh, from a fan perspective, again, players might like it. I understand why curling Canada would like it from a fan perspective. I don't think it's great. Uh, another one that from a fan perspective, I don't think is great. Uh, the Swiss do this uh, best of seven series uh, between the top two teams. I don't think we have to go too deep into this. Uh, it has the exact same issues as before. The The difference between a best of seven and the, a best of three after a week uh, is that the best of seven is just you're taking your two teams, putting them against each other and allows for storylines to emerge over the course of yeah. a series. I still wouldn't like it from a fan perspective if my goal is to like watch the games and all that. But you know, I can see why countries like Switzerland that frankly have had two principal teams on the men's and women's side. Say, all right, we're going to take the two of you go play for it. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, that's what we see in a lot of other sports uh, here in North America is best of seven series. It seems to be the sweet spot between, uh, not too short, not too long. Uh, it's going to more times than not give you the better team. Yeah. There is still room though for an upset, but it's a lot harder to pull an upset in a best of seven than, in a single elimination, even if that single elimination is after a round robin. Uh, pet peeve of mine, I will say, that we've gone through now the baseball and, or not the baseball, the basketball and the hockey playoffs. I never want to hear the stat about the team that wins game whatever wins the series this percentage of the time. Because every single one, it's over 50%, obviously, because you win the game. Winning the game is good. You're going to improve your chance of winning the series if you win the game. It's so stupid. I hate it so much. Stop it. Like, hey, the team that wins game of five, game five in a 2-2 series wins the series. Yeah, of course they do. They just won the, like, knock it off. Like, winning the yes. games is important. Thanks, nerds. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, the final format, Scott, uh, which we have not talked about, this is the one that the Slams tends to use, not always. Uh, a couple times this year, they went with the, the 16, the, the world format. But generally speaking, the slams have used straight quarterfinal, semifinal, final. Eight teams in, one versus eight, uh, then down to four, then to two. I think what hides this format a little bit is the around the ice coverage on the semifinals. Yeah. It kind of makes it less like in your face how bad I think this format is uh, because that coverage is so good. And I, mm -hmm. I really don't like this format in that if, if one through four semifinal final doesn't feel like it provides any advantage, especially in slams that are shorter events. And even if you go ABC draw, whatever, it's all essentially the same. Yeah. As long as you don't lose three games, you're going to get something tiebreaker into the playoffs. It really feels like there's no advantage to being a higher seed in these games. Like yeah, again, last, last rock. Sure. And in a shorter eight end game, that's more pronounced than in the 10 end game. But ultimately, given how short the event is, if you get off to a tough start, if you're Kevin Cooey, you get off to a tough start, you lose your first two games, then you win the next two, then you're the eight seed. And then you you could be Bruce Mowat sitting there, hey, we finished first. Uh, all right, looking good. Uh, who are we playing? Wait, what? Uh oh. What's that? I'm sorry, I, we finished first. You know, we finished. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, that. that's, the, I think, the big problem with it within the, the scope of the slams. So, yeah, I think the slams are it's its own beast. Obviously the teams are there to compete for the cash. And there's like, there's only four games in their, their preliminary stage. So, or four or five games, whatever it is, but they're not, they're not separating themselves as much as you would in a full event round Robin. So in that sense, sure, keep the playoff field big to give more teams the opportunity. You're going to have more noise. That's okay because mm -hmm. uh, because it's just a smaller, shorter event, and that's going to happen. So from the Slams perspective, they want to give more teams the opportunity to win money, which is why the teams are there. Yeah. Uh, also to be on TV for sponsorship. So. Yeah. You know, if more teams are in the playoffs, they do the around the rings so that every team can be shown. Their sponsors yeah. are more uh, happy. Uh, so 
the reason behind that playoff format is money and that's fine because i can you remember who won all these slams like there's zero chance right yeah so you know those events are fun uh they're money makers for the teams and for the network uh and that's that's their playoff uh playoff format is the right one to meet that uh, formula yeah to get that maximum exposure which is as you say the point of those events to to a certain extent uh certainly there's competition involved but yeah the the exposure is, is key for the teams for the events so uh so there you go scott those are the formats that have been or are currently in use within the sport of curling as you say not necessarily breaking any new ground here to say that uh, in, a, in a round robin will benefit you to finish first and uh, second. Yeah. Again, winning games, beneficial. Winning games, good. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is the takeaway. So again, in the three-team format, the team that finishes first place, 57.14% of the time wins. In the page playoff, the team that wins the one two game 65 percent of the time goes on to win and a team from the one two game 86 uh, percent of the time so uh, those top teams independent of format usually do go on to win which is what you would expect but uh, those numbers are a little more heavily weighted than uh, i might have guessed i would have thought one two provided an advantage but uh, not that much so there you go uh, some big numbers there scott did anything in that surprise you what surprised me was that overall first or second is such a big advantage. Um, well, so, so I, I guess to one of these things too, is like how much of it is an advantage and how much is it better teams finish first and second? Right. Right. Uh, that's true. So th- I just ran Sean uh, for the page because uh, I had the first or second winning. And then, so I just ran it. If you just, if you finished first winning yeah. the event, if you went, this doesn't count if you went, got the buy or whatever. So it was 44% or 44 out of 78, 56% of the time. If you finish first in the page, you're going to win the event. Okay. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty, pretty high. Yeah. So again, finish first. Yeah. Finish first. That's all you got to do. That's, uh, that's it. That's all you got to do. So, uh, so yeah, so there you go. So uh, Albert, hopefully that was enough of a nerdy deep dive for you into some of these playoff formats. If we missed any playoff formats, uh, let us know. I think we yeah. had them all covered, but it's possible that we missed uh, something out there. So uh, again, Albert, thank you for the idea. If you all have ideas out there for other summer stuff you want to hear, let us know. And of course, as always, we do want to know about your summer spiels, your summer leagues, Scott. Friends out at the Wine Country Curling Club Ooh. have their crush bond spiel on Labor Day. It is back for a 2023 edition out there at Roseville, California at Skate Town Ice. $500 per team. Scott, let me quiz you on this. Oh it says they're close to the airport with the airport code being SMF. SMF. Oh, boy. That's got to be, um, uh, shoot. I know it. I'm just going to say Napa, Napa's airport. No. So SMF is Sacramento. Oh, I thought that was different. Ask me what in Canada, Sean, I'll get it. <laughs> yes. I, I would expect you to, uh, get it. Uh, let's go. Uh, why? TZ. I don't know them all. Toronto Island, Billy Bishop yeah. Airport. There you go. Uh, so there you go. So uh, if you're looking for a spiel out there on the long weekend, it's a long weekend both here in That's Canada right. and in the United States, uh, check out our friends down at Wine Country Curling Club there near Sacramento. And uh, thanks to Katie for sending that one along. Thanks also to Jerry uh, for ordering one of the hats. Scott, we have a Game of Stones dad hat. Currently being worn, I don't know if currently as we speak, but you know, generally currently being worn in Belgium. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, excited to have that hat out and about, you know, yeah. in, in Belgium, and uh, hope the Bonspiel was really good. Uh, yeah. That they have there uh, happened in May, 
Uh, both of us were out of town and unable to go out of town for that. So we, we yeah. were in other towns. We were. But, uh, yeah. No, I, I, I hope that was a great event. And uh, one day we'll get there. One day. One day. One day we will. So, uh, so again, so thanks to everybody for reaching out uh, with all that info. I uh, hope Ryan McGee uh, from Rocks Across the Pond. Uh, hope that uh, that struggle Saturday morning uh, after his first game Friday night wasn't too bad. He said uh, he did say that those Coors lights really helped in the afternoon. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. loosen things up uh, as they always do. So again, we, uh, we love pictures. hearing about we this stuff. So, uh, so yeah, so just let us know. Uh, what you got going on, uh, spiels, uh, summer events, whatever it is, let us know. You can reach out game of stones podcast at gmail.com on Twitter, Instagram at game of stones pod game of stones podcast on Facebook. And of course, head on over to game of stones pod.com past episodes are there link to the merch under the merch tab. Dad hats are there. We got the hoodies. Uh, we've redid the hoodies. They're their new style of hoodie. Uh, I've yet to order the new style i'm excited to try it out though uh, so we got those uh, the two yeah. still available uh, so just check out what we got there over on the merch tab if you are interested and of course subscribe wherever it is you get your pods if you have not yet like rates comments all that good stuff helps other people find the show keeps us growing especially in the summertime when there's nothing you want to do more than talk about a game played on ice when it's 40 degrees in Ottawa as it was last week. So uh, it should be a fun summer. I'm looking forward to it, Scott. Uh, the new season officially starts soon. Uh, the Korean Nationals always come up uh, faster than we expect. But uh, I do like this time of year for the chats, as we said, off to the top. Uh, I got some fun ideas. But uh, Scott, as we yeah. head here into June, it is Pride Month. Uh, Bruce Mount was given... A, or was inducted into the Pride Hall of Fame over there in Scotland. So congratulations to him. Uh, certainly a, a very big year for him and for everybody who's celebrating Pride all across the world. A uh, happy Pride to y'all. And now, Scott, we look forward to the summer. No softball for us this year. So how are you going to fill your Thursday nights? Yeah, Sean, I'm gonna I'm gonna sub on a couple uh, teams, hopefully, so yeah. I'll still be able to get my uh, home run swing in gear. <laughs> uh, that should be fun, Sean. You mentioned the, the that it's Pride Month, and I I was like thinking, oh, is our logo updated for Pride Month? Yeah, because we never changed it because nope. we celebrate Pride all year long. There you go. Yeah. It's uh yeah. yeah we just leave it up now. That's now the that's really kind of I guess now the logo of the show at least on Twitter and Instagram. Or Twitter. I don't know. On Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's just uh, I like it. But yeah, yeah no, I, I think I'll keep busy this summer. Uh, you know, uh, got got stuff to do, I guess. Go on a few uh, road trips. Yeah. Going, I'm going to see the Blue Jays play. Nice. Uh, one weekend. So that should be fun. Good stuff. Well, uh, enjoy the summer, Scott. Enjoy the summer. Everyone out there, we'll be back with you next week. And uh, in the interim, of course, if you're out uh, near any of these fires, do stay, do stay safe. If you're in the smoke areas, uh, do follow all the, the suggestions of you know, air filters, fans, whatever it is you need to do. Stay, stay safe uh, out there as we'll be back with you again next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final...